0: I leave tomorrow morning with Arthur. Oh, but don't worry. We won't have any offspring. We won't even wind up together.
1: Arthur's just my way out.
2: Christina. You're wrong.
0: Well then, too bad for me. Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello. Hello, ooh, Bartek, how are you doing? Ooh, ooh. Did you just call me Martin? Martin? No, Bartek, Bartek. Is that Polish for Martin? Are you Ryan? Am I Am I what, sorry? Ryan. Ryan, yeah. yes.
3: You, you, you were starting to make jokes and we didn't say your name. I, I did I, agi- I got agitated.
0: I didn't say any jokes. There was no jokes. I just said statements. What was
3: your, what was your dumb question you just asked, sorry?
0: Is there a Polish... Is Martin, is that Polish for Bartek or Bartek is Polish... Is there a Polish name for Martin? Is there an equivalent?
3: Just say with a Polish accent. I had a friend named Martin.
0: There you go. See, with a Polish accent. Just a little flavor. Random question. Are they Polish in this movie? The Martin family, because they one bring the, up Poland at some point. One of
3: the last lines in the movie is, like, are you Polish or something?
0: <laughs> I thought Udo was, like, a Czechoslovakian name, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I read somewhere
3: that he was, like, Lithuanian or something, so He's it's somewhere in the region.
0: What was his accent, Bartek? You're the accent guy. Figure it out. Was it Polish? Did it ring true to you? What? I have
3: deduced that it is European.
0: Well, we are European in some way, shape, or form, as well as Australians, because we are Spit and Polish Presents, a podcast to you. We are Spitting Young Gentlemen. We both happen to be Polish. That was just a, a coincidence when we met each other. You said, Ryan, that's a really weird, weird name. Is that Polish? And I said, Bartek, that's, an, that's a common name. Must be Polish. And we just, we joined at the hip ever since, and we talk about movies that come we talk about recommended. Pl- we talk about plums. What was that, sorry?
3: We talk about plums.
0: Talk about plums. Well, what that? What does that mean for those who aren't in the know of Polish culture? I don't know. I was just
3: being random. Lol, random. It's, it's not like it's Śliwki or Śliwka, which is like your last name Śliwinski.
0: Yes, Słowinski can have an connotation to plums. While your name, last name, does that have anything other than being hard to pronounce?
3: I'll let you know when I find out. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, eternal cusp shushuk mystery.
0: <laughs> the, it's, yeah, if you open up the name, is it still alive inside? Yeah. Uh, we are actually here to talk about something important, a movie that came recommended, and it's October, which is the spooky time of year. We actually started our podcast probably around this time, all yeah. of those years like ago. like October
3: 20-ish. Yeah.
0: We did not consider to start with a spooky movie. We just started with Paul Giamatti classic, Big fat liar. I mean,
3: we've made jokes about, like, oh, he turns blue. That's like a monster. It has
0: Urkel in it. That scares me. It has Jaleel White, voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. We haven't seen him since.
3: <laughs> it's been eight years since we did that episode.
0: Has he done any movies? I know he does TV, but does he do movies outside of playing himself or Urkel? Or Sonic. He
3: wasn't even. He wasn't even in Dickie Roberts, which we no. only did that nine episodes after. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't make me open the can of worms that is Dicky Roberts. Let's introduce some guests because for Spooky Month we wanted to bring on some spook Spooksperts uh, to talk about a movie with us, and we are joined by the uh, you know the, those troublesome boys over at the Last Best Babylon Five podcast. It is Sean and Ben. Sean and Ben, you are here. Hello.
2: Hey. Hello. You know, I would hey, say that that Sean's a little bit more hello. of a, a spook spurt than than I, me.
1: Yeah, I live in the shadows, and uh, I love the
2: taste of blood. <laughs> I I am, and I love to smear
1: it all the, over myself, and I love the, to uh, get uh, watch. I li- I love to watch uh, blood pervert movies. So. Uh, so Which this is, is in, the, in the genre of that so this is uh, great for me i'm having a great time
2: well uh, so i i you. like to to watch uh movies with with boys i immediately fall in love with so this actually worked out for me too um <laughs>
1: <laughs> i am also i to be fair i'm the same way i love yeah personally i, I thought watch, it was nasty <laughs> uh this is a nasty movie. I love nasty movies. <laughs> well, I love that. Well, I, I I have a night sometimes where if I'm alone, I just in my apartment. I'm just like I want to put on something nasty. I need something that's gonna dirty me up. So for all
0: of me. our listening people out there, we are going to be discussing the George A. Romero film Martin, which is his take on a vampire story. That's how I pitched it to you last time, Bartek. That was yes. just the little log line, which can make people think a certain thing when going in, but yeah. it's it's, is it's it, a character it, study. Is it more
3: Dracula or is it more Vampire's Kiss? Uh, yeah,
0: which one is it going to be? <laughs> it's, it's either one or the other. And um, we are going to be getting into details of this. If one has not watched Martin, which is not unusual, this is one Most in, in which you have to know Romero's catalogue to really check it out. I don't think it's reached those echelons, but it's also difficult to find. As with a lot of Romero's films, there's always distribution problems. His producing partner wants ludicrous amounts of money for distribution. So that's why things are difficult. That's why if you look up Dawn of the Dead, there's a million different reissues of it. And some of it's not the movie at all. So lots of craziness here. So Martin is available on YouTube currently, so if you want to give it a watch for yourself, recommend that you do. Bartek, how would you, how would you go into pitching this in a little bit more detail? Someone comes up to you on the street, pulls at your collar and says, I need to know about Martin, the film. What would you, what would you tell them?
3: <laughs> i tell them, well, it's actually on YouTube. And I think it's not even age-restricted, despite the fact that it has B-O-O-B-S in it.
0: It also has pussy in it, too. That happened too. I don't remember any cats. <laughs> <laughs> he was said to look like a Like, reminded. He was. Yeah, he was. He was compared of to cats. a cat. He was like anthro. Um, I would say
3: that uh, Martin is a melancholic character study about a young man who is potentially. He's got. He's had a hard life. He's potentially on the spectrum. And he is or he is potentially a vampire. Um, and he's part of a family that has a long history of being ashamed of having vampire relatives. I think he's like the third one, or like he's one of three currently living or something yes. like that. Um, and it's made, I was going to say, it's made clear throughout the movie, but its it's highly likely that he is not a vampire. He's just part of this crazy family that's kind of... Uh, this one's a hard one to describe, yeah, off the bat. Yeah, uh, that has uh, influenced the way that he lives. Um, and he has like two way attitude about like playing up the fact that he might be a vampire, and also it's not real. Look, I'm eating garlic and stuff like that. Um, but he does have a genuine. He is genuinely a serial killer.
0: He has a bloodlust. Who, who
3: has. A lust for blood, like, literally drinking
0: it. And being horny by it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of seeing all
3: of these elements uh, all in this one character. And in a really weird way, it's kind of like a late slice of life for this guy, seeing, like, he's moved to this town where he's living with his elderly cousin. And...
0: His granddaughter, the it's, cousin's granddaughter. Yeah, and
3: it's just seeing the the daily interactions with these characters, and also, will he kill again? <laughs> will he kill again? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this one.
0: Yet it's very serene, very meditative, very slice of life, as you said. So everyone, it's a should... it's a slicer movie. It's a slicer movie. Yeah, Thank it's you. not like a slasher. Slice. It's just a slice of life. It's just a little slice. <laughs> so um, could when you, you cut that slice, there's a little blood. Tell us there. a little bit more about what you guys do on your podcast. I just said the title, but maybe everyone didn't tune into your previous uh, guest spots, and maybe people don't know Babylon 5. So could you inform us a little bit more of what you guys are up to?
2: So we have
1: a... Uh, uh, ben, episode. you explain, because yeah. I have no idea what happens on the show and... yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're remember. almost
2: uh, like, completed with the show. We're almost done with yeah. the show. And, and, and Sean, Mr. Bean like, just kind of stumbles through. Yeah. Uh, I'm just but, like, what's um, happening? And you're yeah. like, just say this.
1: And they give me a script. Yeah, Sean has and a I'm script. And I'm just like, all right. I'll anyway, say, I'll read it. Yeah, I, everything I say is scripted. Everything else is
2: improv. It's uh, a episode by episode Babylon 5, uh, the 90s science fiction uh, television show. Uh watch through podcast where I've seen all of it and uh Sean And I've and, seen uh, most of it now. Yeah but
1: I'm still new. It's still my first watch, but yeah, you, I, I am Sean
2: almost has almost th- done three more episodes to go before yeah. he he can be as, as cool and then I'll as get I am the
0: achievement. Well you, yeah, n- you don't really the- achieve until you've watched the Lost Tales, so just uh-huh. think about that <laughs> as so you specifically work? the Lost Tales. Sure. All right.
2: Fair enough, I guess. R- Ryan, yeah, I am <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I am so counts. truly excited to, to watch for the first time with them Legend of the Rangers because I've seen clips oh, and I've, I can't I've wait. scrubbed I through it and yeah. it is famously awful and I, I just cannot wait. I it really want to see
1: Babylon 5 circa 2002. Well, like, that's, that's, that's the thing. You some, guys get to see we need some Babylon 2002 5. energy.
0: You get to see Babylon 5 in uh, two new ways post 9 11 and Bush years. So enjoy. Yeah, it. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait for Bush era. But you guys cover um, B5. Yeah, it was after
1: JMS wrote that. Uh, that comic with uh, Doctor Doom crying at uh, the 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 twins at Ground Zero, <laughs> which is one of the things I didn't realize. I've made fun of that comic for years and years and years. Did he? Do? I had no idea that I know. Year I, I don't know that just recently. I
0: know that he wrote the Spider Man one. Right, where Spider Man is. I think it's reflecting. that same comic. I, think I have it's no the same clue. Water. I'm not a comic book expert. Although um, I do know that he reused mages in Thor. Basically, the Thor. Oh, stuff I didn't know that. Is, because, but yes, because as Guardians. Panel of, it's
1: Dr. Doom, Magneto, and I think Juggernaut like all crying at ground zero. <laughs> Juggernaut, and it's like, juggernaut's back, you bitch. fucking idiot. JMS. I'm sorry. They would love Dr. Doom would love 9-11. Let <laughs> me just
0: make this clear. <laughs> no, no. He it's not too, only would love it. Two he, would he would be upset. He would.
1: The only thing he'd be crying over is that he didn't think of it first. You are going to would be so over.
0: delighted if you ever read JMS's autobiography. He has a whole chapter about that so Spider-Man story, so he says he I'm says sorry. it's literally his proudest thing he's ever written. So, listen, feel, buddy, feel uh, JMS. I think
1: you're uh, I'm, uh, you're a very talented writer. I respect him a lot you're dead wrong you sorry Sean we've got
3: to we've got to move on uh, to, I can't believe uh... you guys are undermining my great synopsis of Martin
0: Bartok was still <laughs> saying it but you guys couldn't hear him he was just no, I fi- saying I it I
3: finished but yeah. it's like I, I said all that and now we have a big tangent now does anyone remember what I said Everyone Ryan and
1: really said everything about said, Martin and uh, no. now it's time to move on to JMS writing about uh, yeah. Doctor Doom crying
3: <laughs> <laughs> at night alive. I've only it's, seen anyway. whatever Ryan's <laughs> given me from is. Babylon 5 so I don't know they've
0: seen enough Babylon 5 to last a life time but not enough because Lost Tales exists. Now, we are here to talk about the Romero film Martin and It's Spooky Month. On this podcast, we've only discussed one Romero movie before, which was Land of the Dead. Yes. One of his later entries of the zombie films, uh one with uh some great actors, hamming it up, and it was him working, you know, in the 2000s era and it was delightful. We had a great time with it. And I'm not the biggest um, aficionado of Romero. I've seen his a lot of his uh, zombie movies. I've seen parts of Creep Show, not all of Creep Show. just one of those ones where I saw it on TV one time. I've seen Martin before. This was my recommendation for the podcast. I recommended Martin. I've seen it before, and I wanted to watch it again. I just was thinking about it and. With the movies that we've covered currently this year, I thought it would slot in nicely with the other ones that we have discussed. We just did a movie that was low budget uh, uh, with coherence, Mm -hmm. and it kind of made me even more excited to do Martin because this is a low budget film, but it's a character study and it uses the space and uses the locations and it has some interesting ideas. And when I first watched it all of those years ago, it was by just happenstance. It was just something that uh, came across my desk. I don't even know how I stumbled across it. I don't even know if I remembered it was a Romero movie, because in my eyes, Romero was like, he's the zombie guy. Ooh, zombies. And 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 I also kind of forgot that this was, uh, you know, a vampire-ish movie, I guess. I always think of it, it's been maybe a decade since I watched it, as this uh, serial killer slice of life thing. If anything, I would pair this up with something like Peeping Tom, which is a, another yeah. great movie as well that we had to watch in university, where it's like these loser guys who you... The film makes you wrestle with whether or not you should feel for them, and and just a great central performance. And I just wanted to come back and and, and discuss it on the pod. And I thought we would bring some people on. But it's like are you that familiar with with Martin, or, or have you seen many Romero movies over the years?
3: Uh, no, I, I'm not familiar with Martin, other than this one viewing I had, uh, and I've only seen yeah the original Night of the Living Dead and Land of the Dead
0: and your um did you have any things going in for this movie i said that it was just uh, uh, his take on a vampire film but with what you have seen and his his reputation and legacy were there any preconceived notions coming in with martin um not
3: too much like i know that he is very much a codifier in the horror genre or, you know, he made the first, well, not first zombie film, but he kind of codified what we think of as zombie fiction these days, as opposed to zombie nonfiction. I'm realising what I just said. Um, So I imagine that this film wouldn't be, you know, a played straight uh, version of a vampire story. This wouldn't be, you know, Dracula from the 30s. I would expect it to be a bit more like Vampire's Kiss or something like that.
0: Oh, interesting. Now, uh, Sean, uh, I'm keen to know what is your relationship with Martin. Have you seen this before? Is this something that you're aware of? And when it comes to Romero, uh, uh, do you have that much of a familiarity with his work? Uh, I have not seen this before. I actually, it was, uh, it was
1: on my watch list. I, I wanted to watch it actually because I, I saw. Honestly, my first Romero movie was recently. Um, it was actually over the summertime. I watched Creepshow for the first time, uh, and I really, really loved it. I had such a good time. I thought it would, like it really hit. It really uh, just just hit every note for me in terms of like horror stuff that I really like. Like it's very. Uh, it's like a little funny. Like it's very goofy and kind of strange, but like very mean and dark, uh, and like it kind of the you know nasty. Uh, in the way that I like, um, and, uh, had the really great like effects and everything the Tom Savini effects. Uh, so I really liked that. And I was like, I've never seen any of the, the dead movies and it's like, Oh, I, or any other Romero movies. And it's like, I really should. So I actually watched all of the, like the original trilogy. I watched night of the living dead, dawn of the dead and day of the dead. And I liked them all very much. Uh, so that, so I did, I have watched all of those recently. So I was going to watch Martin at some point uh, because I was like, oh, I want to watch more Romero movies. Uh, So uh, I was happy that you picked this out because I was like, oh, I wanted to watch this anyway. So that was
0: my... uh, That's my background. So I was very happy to watch it. It was a good pick. It was a pleasant surprise and uh, the, the lead actor who plays Martin... Was obviously in some other Romero movies. In uh, in uh, Creepshow, he's underneath all of this, you know, prosthetics and makeup. He's in a big zombie suit. He plays like a character's corpse that leaps out of the ground, and that's his IMDb thumbnail even. (laughs) Oh, is that who he... I didn't yeah. know that's who he was. Wait, and which which guy is that? He, that's the, in, uh, and he's like Nathan's corpse. Like, he's a corpse. He's not even like a person in it. He's like a... Wait, is he ooh. the guy... Is
1: he the Father's Day thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's in that oh, one. Oh, yes.
0: And he's uh, in Day of the Dead. He, <laughs> or he has it, the wife's head on the cake. Yeah, and on Day oh, of man, the Dead, so Day of the Dead, he's the sympathetic scientist who gets shot in the head for being too moral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, fuck you. Man, that movie... Man, that movie, that movie fucking rocks. Now, Ben, yeah. Martin, were you familiar with this? Did you know anything about this when I said, hey, I want you guys to come on for this? And with Romero, he's he's a big name in the film industry. Have you seen much of his work?
2: Uh, <clears throat> so I I had not heard of, of Martin. And my uh, uh, Romero is also with the zombie. I've seen Night and Day. Um, that, that, that's, that's it. <laughs> you haven't seen and Dawn? Night, night, night and Day? Yeah, I skipped Dawn. That's I, the I was like, I just want love. Night and Day. I've seen the remake of that I just want one.
0: Night and Day. And, <laughs> uh, The day I, the
3: great Cameron Diaz film.
0: Yeah, Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz film, Night and Day. We covered it that on was, the <laughs> <day>. <laughs> I mean, and I've seen a
2: little bit of, uh, the, the Zack Snyder, uh, remake of Dawn. Um, and it's a shame that... He never made another movie after that. It seemed like he was pretty promising. It seemed hey, like that very striking on. opening.
0: Come on, he made he made he made that uh what's that movie that Man? No, no, the one where they're in a mental institution and it's just him making women into whores. That's the movie. That's I can't a remember it's suck, Sucker Punch. Uh, sucker Punch. punch. Which uh oh, which yeah. weirdly enough, yeah. for all of its faults, did give Oscar Isaac a leg in the industry to be the charismatic fuck boy we know him to be today, Ah, Oscar Isaac. So Martin, the film of discussion, uh, how did you feel about it, Bartek? Overall, what was your experiences? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What What are your thoughts?
3: I did like it quite a bit, actually. It was, I, it, it, for a while, it was kind of funny to think that this is a horror film because we do kind of begin with this horror sequence. Where, you know, he kills someone on a train, covers it up, and then just leaves. And then it's a very long time until we get, like, the next kill. And we are just kind of watching, you know, this guy's new life in this town. We start to learn a bit about, like, the residents of the town. Um, we start to uncover, you know, the context behind our main character. And, yeah, it's been a little while, I think, since we've done, like, a little character study film like this. And I, was, and I knew that it was by a prestigious director, so... You know, hopes were high, and they were fairly well met. Yeah, this was a really good experience.
0: I'm glad to, glad to hear that. Uh, upon my revisit, I was really taken with that as well, of you, you open the movie with this very extensive kill scene he's stalking his prey he's got these fantasy sequences of how it will play out these romanticized views of what he's doing being right and then when he gets down to the murder it's messy it's brutal it's it's really upsetting and it puts you in that headspace of you watch this man brutally kill an innocent woman and then he gets away with it because he's a nobody he just nobody respects him like nobody cares about his existence and you spend a very long time then just living with this guy, and it becomes a real struggle because, at least in my eyes, I, I began to to feel for him and feel bad for him and like him and have these complex feelings, but it never left my brain, that opening sequence, because it it is unapologetic, and, and I like how it did that. It, it didn't make you forget that he was a bad person, but then it also wanted you to spend this time in his life and just see his family dynamics and learn a bit why about why he is the way he is. And when it eventually bubbles up into the next kill happens, there's this, there's this tension there that is not just this typical slasher movie serial killer tension, but there's this tension of, oh no, don't fuck up your life, Martin. Things are going all right for you currently. Don't do this, which I think is a huge appeal sometimes of, these stories where you're following a killer and you're 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 making them someone that you maybe relate to and you probably shouldn't and there's this aspect you know a lot of tv shows do this where you know like you dexter or you're breaking bad or whatever where you have like a person who's a fucking awful person doing terrible things and you don't want them to but also you kind of do it's this it's this balancing act so uh, on my rewatch of this today, I, I I was really struck by that as well. Just it's very languid in between the 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 high high kill scenes. Uh, ben, what was your experience with Martin? What did you think of it?
2: Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think as as you're saying, it's it's pretty interesting because like it's a it's a definitive choice. That first kill that happens in like the first like two minutes of the the film is is brutal and um like it it, it's very scary and then it becomes this domestic drama uh and you're like oh he's just this shy misunderstood young man um and but but that's just kind of lingering in the background it's like oh right he's (laughs) he does this um but i i really enjoyed it i i enjoyed um i mean this is true of a lot of horror right like uh that it's supreme low budget worked very much in its favor like the cheap film stock uh like that desaturated look uh looked really good like that everything was kind of drained of color all the uh like local actors that they that romero worked with were all like I don't know, like, all of these, uh, like, all of the, the, the women that came to the, the shop where Martin uh, uh, works for his, his el- elderly cousin. Um, like, I I like it, too. This movie came out in, what, 1978? Yeah, and like, 77 77 or 77-ish, I think. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. And I believe it was shot in, in Pittsburgh, uh, which is not, like, a particularly, like exciting or big deal city here in the united states and so what that does is as opposed to being like if it's shot in hollywood or if it's shot in new york like all the people are kind of dressed like normal people and they're also like not wearing the most up-to-date clothes for 1977 or 78 like like all the older people are kind of wearing a mishmash of just like kind of 50s and 60s and early 70s fashions i don't know It, it, it felt a lot more kind of close to life which is also what you know gave it so much more more power and horror, and also made those deme- like scenes of domes- uh, domesticity. That's a tough word. Um, like you know, made them a lot more comfortable um, the, and yeah, interesting.
0: The the lower budget aids the movies. Uh, I guess realistic qualities. The, the 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 film stock is desaturated, and it makes Pittsburgh. Come across as it's as almost like a not just industrial but dying. I always yeah, like I, I, I looked at this location, and thanks to the the color palette of the movie as well as just the visuals we see of like the wrecking yard and all of this stuff. I'm just looking at it, saying this is a dying place, which comes into play in the narrative with Tom Savini's characters. Like oh, you got work, we got it. Yeah, get out of here.
3: I was going to say I'm glad that we got that confirmation that Pittsburgh kind of is this you know boringish place in real life because that's really how it came across in the film. Like everything they said about it, it's like. You know there's no young people here. Everyone here is like middle-aged and yeah, you don't really see children or anything like that. Yeah, it it really felt like that in the film.
0: <laughs> and it later on we see that there's like an underbelly of crime. It's not just him who's ruining the neighborhood. There's other elements as well and just even spectators of bad things because it's exciting. Nothing exciting happens in Pittsburgh. I, I, is remember, the
3: I remember early on when he got off the train and he meets his cousin and he's, well, you don't even know he's his cousin yet. He's just, I'm yeah. kudon. he's this wearing this weird like,
0: old man,
3: weird old man with this white suit. It's Three piece like, white suit it's like suits yeah, that are white. It's like, is this a David Lynch so film? It's funny. like, you know, you, you just have this brutal murder scenes. Like we have to catch another train and you get all these shots of them like walking. And like, I, it didn't even look like they were going through a train station. It felt like they were going like, miles and miles away or something yeah they were just walking they were just going to another platform and it was like what is going on here like the characters aren't saying anything he's like smoking his big cigar he's and martin's like lumbering behind him
0: he goes to the toilet and there's a toilet without a door (laughs) and there's this guy doing his shit and no one's any the confused no no one cares it's it's, it's the standard sean martin how did it uh go for you uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. It's, yeah, it is very like, um, I think
1: the thing with the Romero movies that I think really clicks with me is that, uh, his, uh, I guess you could call it like the, like the kind of social commentary bent is just very blunt. It doesn't feel like it, it. And it's always, I think very smart. Like, I think he has like a very smart way of kind of, uh, handling it. And I think the way it's kind of done here is that, yeah, like this guy, um, yeah, we have that really vicious murder scene up top, and then, like, also, like, a pretty, a pretty, um I would say kind of half-vicious, and also kind of funny one in the middle of the movie.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree with that, Sean. I, I was, um, that, that was a very entertaining yeah, kill. <laughs> it's,
1: it was, it, it was scary, like, I, I mean, for me, it's, like, I, I, the way I feel about horror, or at least, like, the way that, like, horror that really appeals to me is, like, it's kind of both really scary and kind of really funny at the, almost at the same time, I guess like it's, I think people think that those two things don't go together. But like, for me that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that scene, especially like when they're just like, run, like he's just, he, 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 they're, they're just trying to like, we need to call nine one uh, one And they're like, we can't, like, you're not supposed to be here, like, I'm
0: cheating on my husband. <laughs> and he's fucking with the phone, <laughs> he's fucking cat. with the phone and in the like, other room. And it's
1: like, yeah, and he's just messing with the phone, and you're like, are you messing with it? Like, no, I'm not, are you, no, like, what's wrong with the phone? And then, like, the guy just gets locked out, and it's like, shit, like, well, that and he guy keeps, and the way, just like Martin, a
2: dope.
1: and, 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 he yeah, and like, in the way Martin cheated. just, yeah, and like the way Martin just runs in, even like, and it's scary. again, this is like terrifying. Somebody running in and just with needles, like having like a with like a syringe <laughs> like a and just like injecting invasion. you. Yeah. That's that's scary. Like yeah. that's terrifying. it's like, um, no, terrifying. But, like, but it's also like, but it's also. But it's also kind of funny. Like him, mean, he just runs in, stabs, and then runs away. Like he's just, cause he's just waiting for you to fall asleep. Yeah. That, like, well, it, you, it's, you say
0: it's funny. That, like, that, that seems my, like, that's, that upsets me the most. Cause I have a real fear of like oh, yeah. home invasion and like yeah, everything he does oh, so is I. like the embodiment it's of so what scary. I fear. Cause it's not just, like yeah. when you say, oh, then he runs away, it's funny. I'm like, that would fucking scare me more. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> I, again, for
1: me, it's like, it, 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 it's the two tracks in my brain where it's like, it really, I am also really scared of. Of home invasion stuff so like that it it gets me in that regard but it's also like i have to recognize that
3: that's also pretty funny
1: like i have to like separate myself from it a little well, bit it's not like he's michael um,
3: myers where it's like you don't follow him you constantly see what martin's doing so you get like yes. his awkward
0: perspective of it also their house is insane <laughs> 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 yeah, this it's like one this one very in
2: modern in like they're the, the other thing is is like it they're they're kind of fun victims because they're 70s yuppies like yeah. <laughs> they have like this modern home yeah. and like it's all this oh, man. glass, it's this box, and like at the time, like it it's this very beautiful home for nineteen seventy seven or whatever.
0: And, and that housewife is kind of like a bizarro version of the lonely housewife that Martin forms a relationship with. In a way, Martin is the equivalent of the guy he's chasing down in this scene where that woman is also fairly well all right in life in comparison to say kuda who by the way that was like one of the camera people's grandma's house kuda's house so all those photos were family photos utterly unsurprising
2: real family
0: photos of like
2: yeah you felt you could really feel that
0: um and again it works every every
1: house felt like
2: someone's friend's house for sure
1: and it works yes um uh but yeah I I, I like that it was kind of like that character study which is not it wasn't quite what I expected it to be. I think I I kind of went in thinking it was going to be just more of like a a street kind of ser- serial killer movie. So I I thought that was interesting. But I also like the there is like a um a cynicism in it. I the, the an aspect of it I really really liked was that uh
2: he is calling into this uh the DJ show. I knew you were going uh, to that, that's that. one of the that's that's absolutely to me the best like, one of my absolute favorite parts of this movie.
1: Yeah, because that's such a, it reminded me so much of, like, um, I mean, it's similar to, like, Dawn of the Dead, uh, I, yeah. Night of the Living Dead, where when, like, um, when they're watching TV, and it's just, like, you're watching, you're seeing kind of the way the media is kind of dealing with the the zombie stuff, and it's, like, it's, you know, it's very, it's a very cynical take on on it, but kind of pretty, you know, accurate. Um, and it feels the same way, like, somebody calling, I love the idea of, like, somebody who is obviously, like, this should be like this Making is a serial killer who is calling it, yeah. And they're just like, oh, this goofy guy who is just calling and he thinks he's a vampire. We're gonna call him the Count, and it's like this guy is talking about uh, murdering women. Uh, like this guy is yeah. is like very obviously like you know deranged. like a disturbed person, yeah, deranged, uh, disturbed person. And they're just like, ooh, this is fun, and also everyone loves you. Everyone thinks you're you're so much well, fun. They all think it's it's uh, like a put on. Yeah, I think they think it's like a character he's doing and it's just like But he's sincere uh yeah it's like no it's not it's not and i and i also think of it in the i guess the context also of the 70s because really like it's a bleed oh, it like kind of,
2: serial murderers like son of Sam yeah,
1: and sand yeah serial killers were this was like Zodiac around round. Yeah, like Son of Sam was around this time. Also,
0: how think, media how made. media handled the more gruesome things. He, it bleeds. It leads even down to the radio DJ. Was like, "Yeah, man, you keep talking about this fucked up shit. We don't have yeah. the puritanical values of the fifties anymore. Now we want to hear about you raping and killing women. Yeah, awesome, yeah. sexy stuff. Yeah, it's, that's the name for it. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah awkward reactions. Uh, <laughs> and everybody missed yeah. him at the end. Uh, but also, Martin, yeah. you you were like, oh, maybe you feel a little sorry because this guy doesn't get it. But the thing is, Martin delights in the fame of it because he's playing the radio at the same time he's talking to yeah. the person on the radio i yeah, really, really like that detail which is a great and, and yeah. i like that it
1: had the, the slight delay yeah too, which is very which is like, yeah i like that a, a lot. piece of
0: filmmaking of it telling you underneath all of this even though this is martin perhaps opening himself up in a way this is also just to you know satisfy himself it's not it's not anything like noble or good yeah. or like it's like oh poor didn't martin the should see a psychiatrist where, uh, but his only psychiatrist is the radio disc jockey who will listen to him no 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 he he likes the only uh, people to know the only thing
1: is that usually uh when the, when you do do that when you are uh when you call into a radio show and you've got the radio playing uh usually it kind of bleeds through and, and they got to be like, uh, can you please turn your radio down? Yeah, that's uh, because true. It's, I know, getting, I used to do community. Feedback. I used to do community
0: radio. So I know that <laughs> yeah. experience.
1: So I don't know how he set it up so that it wasn't bleeding. Through. Uh, must
0: one of something. the well, elements. Uh, well, how you call George? Yeah. Yeah, Sean. yeah. From the, <laughs> from the <laughs> grave. Yeah. Um, yeah. one, one of the things I wanted to, to discuss was, uh, Sean touched upon it. Uh, the cynicism, the cynicism here, uh, one of the brilliant things about George Romero's filmography, especially with the zombie movies, but this slots in nicely too, is he does have a lot of those social commentaries, but it is him struggling with societal like issues and structures. And if you watch his like zombie movies it's almost like you see him descend into nihilism, where by Day of the Dead, he's like, humans suck. Fucking don't even try to sympathize with them. You know who's the most sympathetic? That zombie over there. And by Land of the Dead, he says, give it to them. Just give it to the monsters. That that film had like
3: a Jesus of the zombies, right? Yeah,
0: like they had a hero zombie, and he's like, fuck it, who cares? And I think Martin is, is a part of that struggle, because at the end, you see Martin realizing like oh I put my faith in other people and relationships and it meant nothing in the end I should just give up and I I think that's a, a recurring issue for George Romero in his films of like how much do you dedicate and put faith into higher powers or other people and he he takes a cynical edge with it a lot more than a hopeful one. Like, I don't leave the film Martin feeling hopeful about things. Uh, a lot of
3: the characters in this film are very stubborn. Like, all, almost, like, every... I don't know if I want to say every second scene or, like, every scene with Kudo. It's like, Martin will poke fun at, uh, you know, his beliefs. Like, uh, you know, you have the whole sequence where he's dressed as a stereotypical
2: vampire. It's oh, like, it's a that, costume. That's a great sequence. Yeah,
3: and he also, yeah. even oh, yeah. even early on that, like, first time it's at his house, like, he eats the garlic, he, like, takes the... Cross. cross and like, puts ru- it on his face, rubs yeah. it against his face. And it's like, this is all bullshit, and Kudo has, like, nothing
0: to say. And then the next time you see <laughs> yeah. Kudo,
3: he's right back into... You know, his usual bullshit. His usual bullshit, and and
0: every time Martin deflates him, he he almost like he's almost like Kuda takes it on board and then resets. Yeah,
3: it's like stubborn and two faces. I remember also the first scene of Kudo at his shop where like all the women come. It's like oh, you you got that cousin of yours living with you? Is the old like you, and it's like they're enthusiastic. And then as soon as he says he's young. You know, they switch on it like, living with your granddaughter, what will people say? And it's like, oh, you guys kind of seemed cool at first, but now, you know, you're kind of like this. And then later on, you get that one woman who's like, you know, nagging him, like oh, calling him lazy. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus.
0: I think that woman, from what I read in the trivia, one of the women, and I'm assuming it's her, was, was, acting. <laughs> was the mother of George Romero's soon to be wife who played Christine, And so I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I think that's... like uh,
2: Martin Scorsese's mom. Yeah, uh, it's that real case of
0: things. But uh, (laughs) I think the statement that probably rings the loudest for this film in terms of Romero's point of view that rings out in his filmography is there is no magic. That's what Martin Mm -hmm. says. There is no magic. And that's not just in terms of supernatural shenanigans. You can apply it to so many different things Romero himself stars in the movie as a priest he's like the young hip catholic priest he thinks this is all very very funny and Romero didn't do a lot of acting but I thought he was great I, I, mm. I loved his performance I, I, I also very much
2: enjoyed his oh, performance as yeah. yeah. the, the the hip a priest that's like, yeah, we'll do the Latin mass, but
3: he, he managed to avoid disappointing Kudo. It's like, oh, you know, I want the priest to say what we want them to say. It's like, oh, I'm not like that, but hey, this other guy. And I love that scene with the other guy,
0: <laughs> the old, oh priest, my god, the old European priest. Like <laughs> no, he was, he, he yeah. was like American, I think. Yeah, but his name, yeah. he had like a very old, like well, he sounded like he would have been from Kudo's yeah, old country, kind of like Zed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, he kept
3: talking about the yeah, old. guy I
0: was, I was just like, yeah, I. Again, like I, I think I
1: think back on some of these details, and I'm like, th- this is funnier <laughs> because, like, I didn't like laugh when I was watching it, but I think back on it, and I was like, oh, they go to the mass, and it's like, wow, this is a really like run down. Like, what's what's with this church? And they're like, uh, the church burned down. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and the whole sermon like... is about like getting funds. And
0: fun fact. That was real. That was real. That yeah, was, was real. Was church that to say, really burned down. Oh, that's useful, funny. I didn't know that. Just useful that they had it. But that they again, had a burnt-down church. Just G- a,
1: I'm sorry. It's a very funny
0: detail. But I think it, it goes, in, think it goes yeah, into great. the whole disillusionment. Even the church is yeah, is isn't yeah. is in, like invulnerable to just fucked up shit. And, and the realness. Yeah. The
3: realness in this film is really like heightened by the contrast of all the, you know, classic black and white sequences where it's like, oh, this is what, you know, a, a, a traditional vampire film would look like. You know, it's very stylized. There's like dialogue and performance happening, romantic, music. romantic. And the reason why I really love that priest scene is you have a scene of this like very traditional kind of like exorcism priests, like chanting in Latin. And then you contrast that with this, you know, regular, american priest who feels like he's just reading from his like biblical script or something like that and
0: you've got kuda taking it more seriously, taking it more like seriously. He, he has the 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 candles and, and he's shaking and, and, and-, it, and it just feels so
3: dry compared to you know the heightened uh performances of the black and white that it's like this this oh, is yeah. nothing this is a waste of time when I like that scene yeah, a lot. Yeah, when Martin yeah, just I, I liked, gets yeah. up and walks away, and they don't even stop, him. <laughs> yeah, they're just, it's like, just wh- like, "What are you doing? This it, is doing nothing." It's like wasting my time. This, yeah. yeah, he's
1: really nervous. The priest is obviously like, ner- like his hands are shaking. Like he's kind of older. Uh, and then yeah, and it's just like
0: it's it's so it's just such bullshit. <laughs> like it's so pathetic. To 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 Sean's statement about like when you talk about it, it's kind of funny in retrospect to some of these things, the, the magic of something like this is how straight-laced it is in its presentation, whether it is from the filmmaking, George Romero's shot compositions, his editing, the the, the music, all of the technicals uh, the of great. this is played sincerely. It's never winking, it's never silly, but when you break down like some of these little scripty elements, it is absurd in a lot of ways, but the performances, uh, some of them are, are ludicrously over the top, like the guy who plays his cousin Kuda, but also... There's there's a grounded quality to it, and uh, you know, with any character study film, this is the you know this titled Martin. If you don't have a fantastic performance in that role, then it all falls apart. And you could easily see an essay written about like, oh, Martin is a film that wants you to feel sympathetic towards this misogynistic serial killing, blah 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 blah. But the thing is, the actor who plays him is so fucking good at this role that i am swayed to feel for him like he doesn't need dialogue. like most of the time he doesn't even talk there's great stretches where martin doesn't say yeah. a fucking thing and yet i feel so much for him like it's about how you present this like you can have silly nonsense up the wazoo but if you play it earnest and and you have the if you have the balance of it just right it hits a spot so sweetly and that's what i love about this movie is like when when Kuda first shows up, he's like in this fucking ludicrous outfit. And when he... When you get a laugh out of him saying like, you are Nosferatu and I'm going to have to save your soul and, and then, you know, kill you, blah. And if you do this, don't do this. And it's like very funny about how upfront it is. But then you go into his house... And it's and, it's, and it, he thinks it's real. And then you have to accept, oh, this is the reality and, of yeah, the movie.
3: And you, you're getting all these stereotypes of vampires like in that scene. Like You see the garlic cloves on the door, and he keeps emphasising, like, you are not invited into this room. You are not invited there. It's like that vampire myth of, like, oh, you, there yeah. you have to invite them in. He's, like, really hammering them all home. And that's why when that sequence ends with him, like, breaking all of them, saying there is no magic... You really start to get the sense of like, oh, this is what we're in for.
0: And that performance of when he's saying there is no magic is so heartbreaking. Like, like he's he's like quivering his voice, like he's pissed off, but he's also you get the feeling he's, had to, he's obviously had
1: to deal with this shit uh, for his whole life uh, of just being accused of being a vampire and all this kind of woo woo shit. And he's just kind of just be like, you know, it, it seems like it's it's taking a lot of him to kind of get past his. Uh, his kind of barriers to be able to criticize his family member about this. Uh, but to just be like, this is all bullshit, which is also, I think a funny thing, um, just cause you know, uh, you know, George Romero is fam- famous for these zombie movies, uh, to kind of have a character early on, just be like, none of the, nothing, nothing supernatural is happening. It's all magic. It's magic is not real. This is all bullshit. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, that's a
0: very, uh, Drawing a line in the sand. Yeah, but then also the struggle is that line in the sand is wiped out because Martin, does he believe it still? there are moments where it feels like he does believe he is a vampire, but is that because he does say that he's like 80 years
1: old at some point? Yeah. And is
0: it because he's just a trickster? Like he's being a little bullshit artist again, or is he actually a vampire or is he just mentally unwell because he's had like this family with this like group, like psychosis about this thing in particular? Like, is he got like a weird Munchausen syndrome um, thing about with vampirism? Like the feeling I got from this, from it is
1: that, I guess I, I can't, like, deny... I, I can't say, like, 100% that there's not, like, a, a supernatural element to this movie, but it doesn't... It doesn't... I don't... Th- I, I don't think there is... I, to me, like, the impression I got is that he was just raised in this, and he's internalized it so much, and he's kind of getting to the... Maybe the age where it's... He's kind of realizing that maybe what what was kind of forced on him all his life is, is bullshit, um, but he can't fully let it go uh, and so he still has that. So when somebody asks him how old he is, he's going to say like, Oh, I'm like 80 something. Uh, like he's, he, and, and even like the stuff where like he has like a taste for blood and, and like that kind of, it. you can kind of tell that he's like, and, and even him like cycling out of the murders kind of near the end of the movie, or like you think maybe he's going to. And I think cause I, cause I, to me it like there's kind of a direct correlation where it's like, obviously it's like, there's plenty of other issues Martin has and it's not, uh, defending him in any way, but it's like, This upbringing he's had has contributed to his, you know, to what he's doing. Um, And he's like trying to, he's almost finding a way out of it, but obviously uh, doesn't succeed,
3: uh, sadly. In the scenes where he's with his family, especially Kuda, yeah, that's where he's really playing into the whole, like, this isn't real. But then when he's alone with his thoughts, you know, he's kind of falling into those things that he represses in those scenes. Or with Christine. Yeah, that's what I mean by his family.
0: But like he he switches with her so much. Like sometimes he's like, Yeah, I'm not a vampire, it's all bullshit. I'm like you, I'm young, I get it, it's it's all silly. And then other times he talks to her, it's like, no, no, it is real. I, I am a vampire. It's all fucked up, and you should fear me. I did love Kuda at the beginning being like, I do not talk to me. I talk to you when I decide. My granddaughter lives here. Do not talk to her. She will talk to you. I've told her not to. <laughs> yeah, that made me that made me laugh when very funny. Like, I told her not to talk
1: to you, but she is going to talk to you. She is not going to listen to me. <laughs>
2: like, listen, I'm a weird old man that no one respects. So I just want to make that clear.
1: <laughs> she doesn't give a shit what I tell her. But, but still, if she talk, she's going to talk to you. But don't talk back. His
0: bloodlust thing, as well, it, it, it's like it, it comes. It becomes ever so clear as the narrative unfolds that he's it's he's equated this like need f- to consume blood for for sex because mm-hmm. in the opening when he when he kills that woman like he gets completely naked for a start and he like lays her on top of him but it's not it's like it is sexual but it's not but then it gets real sexual when he does like he does a money shot he like slits her wrist and lets it spray all over his chest and uh, face yeah. and it's 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 really Ugh. sexual and this was uh, it's really upsetting
1: not to derail too much, but uh, this was I, w- this was the first time I think that George Romero worked with uh, Tom Savini. I think
0: I thought they had for done the effects. Did they do Dawn of the Dead by this point already? I Dawn of the Dead was after this. Okay, because I know Martin's yeah, was also the, was like that is also in Dawn of the Dead as well. He's one of the uh, yeah. It was uh, terrorists at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> one I, I, of oh
3: okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think on Wikipedia, yeah, this, was, this was his this was first acting it. performance. Tom Savini.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So Dawn is right after this, but yeah, talking about like prosthetic, like makeup stuff because Savini does like the blood and the gags and all of that in this as well, like the neck gag where he stabs. Okay, the brain it was I it. had
1: to look, I had to look it up. It is uh this is the first time they work together.
0: Yes. You have the famous um, Tom Savini, is, George Romero blood where it looks like tomato soup, like it has that mm-hmm. really bright yeah. consistency, which yeah, yeah it doesn't look bright. real, but I also like it. It's like, yeah, that's it's that's fun stylized, movie blood. Yeah, yeah, it's stylized and it works and for this vampire movie. It's
1: interesting too because it is um it's a little more restrained here. I think maybe it was before it was like he realized uh, how much shit this guy could do right? because like you get to like by day of the dead, you get to him like literally just like his, the guy
2: getting his head pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: just like, ah, yeah.
2: one, it's so good. One thing yeah. I want to call attention to with uh like the, the actor who plays Martin is that I kind of thought that it was making a, uh, a Dracula reference because he's so quiet, And, uh, but there's so much emphasis on his eyes. Uh, the, the camera follows his eyes and is framed around his eyes and has like, will be tight on his eyes very often. And that's, you know, that was the, the most powerful, uh, weapon in Bela Lugosi's, uh, you know, on, on his belt, uh, if you watch dracula they do a lot of that too like it's like you know his eyes will be framed and he'll be in shadow but you'll see bella lugosi's you know seductive and scary eyes and so it's like that's another kind of piece of that the the movie kind of plays with these tropes like it's like is he or isn't he like i'm i'm with sean i don't i don't think like the the movie plays a little bit with ambiguity i i think that he's someone who has been uh like somehow mentally tortured by his family into this but um but the yeah the movie gives a little lineage of it too and stuff deniability yeah.
0: It doesn't matter in the end, right? Like some of <laughs> these movies, people get focused on as like, oh, is it actually supernatural? Is it actually not? And, and we have movies that do want that to be the discussion piece, while this is it, it's using that as just a a, a, a cherry on top of this. Uh, look at an individual who is trying to be better but they fail and that's also a lot of vampire stories too we see a lot of vampire stories uh, over time where it's like these vampire like creatures want to not be but you kind of succumb to that monstrous side of it all and that's what he's going through like he forms a really nice relationship with this you know sad housewife and he's he's having sex and he's actually on dates, and he's he's doing well, and he's got a good friendship with his family, and he's got his job, and he's no longer calling into the radio station as much. And when he does, it's boring stories now; they're no longer interesting. And so, when those things uh, are removed, like oh, this person's dead, or the sex isn't enough anymore, he gets the shakes again. He, like he he needs to do it again, and yeah. it's it's funny at first because literally at first it's just like. Oh,
1: he stopped because uh, he started getting laid. Yeah, just like eh, maybe I don't need to do this. He's having more.
3: sex with someone who's <laughs> alive. Yeah,
1: he's having sex with someone yeah, who's with alive. Like but awake. A nor- with yeah, like he's yeah.
3: doing something
1: normal. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that was like a, it was just like Ugh. like. The he just
3: there was one back point back where to the to DJ say, was like, Oh uh. God.
1: Yeah, even the DJ was like, All right, buddy. The DJ
2: is like, Oh, well, you're really playing into this into this fun character that we all love. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's like I want to know who the other people calling this yeah. DJ like in the late night show because i i think that the count which is what they call martin uh uh on the radio show it's just one of many popular yeah. call in the other one uh, the other oh, one's yeah. jessica <laughs> walter
0: wanting them to play misty for her you know like it's, it's that what was um there was like a, that guy there was this guy art bell who used to do radio yes. yeah yeah he yeah, yeah. People,
1: absolutely and he would have yeah he would do like this is an american shit, he thing, would have, so, yeah is it yes and he would have people <laughs> yeah. he would have people call in uh there's like this clip I remember of like some guy who claimed to be Satan. And he's like, am I speaking with the Dark Lord? He's like, yes, yes, I am. And it's just like shit like that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, I feel like it's in that vein of just like, Oh, yeah, this monster's calling in cool. like let's just let's just go with this. like one of my
0: sure. um, one of my favorite scenes in this is when Christine is leaving. We haven't talked about her that much. We should talk about her. she's she's really good. I love that performance a very
2: important character in a great performance great performance. Yeah.
0: um yeah, she's really good yeah, again. she would later go on to become George Romero's wife for a period of time, but uh she, I love her scene when she's leaving and, and she even says before why she's leaving. It's like, this relationship with Tom Savini won't last. I don't need it to. It's just to get out of here. It's just to escape this this mu- mundane life. Oh, and I didn't realize that was It
1: didn't click with me that that was Tom Savini.
0: That's my bad. I, I knew he was yeah, there. Yeah, he's but the boyfriend. He's he the playing. hunky boyfriend oh, who's like, hey, let's get. He doesn't oh. have facial hair. That's why you don't recognize. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he, um, she, when she's leaving and Martin just says, you'll forget about me. You'll forget. I mean, you're leaving. That's you leave to forget, and Mm. I'm here. I'll still be here, and you won't remember me. You won't send a letter. You'll be busy, and then time will pass, and it won't matter anymore. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just it. Just captures what this film needs. I know some people may walk into this Romero movie wanting the the gore and the monster and the killing stuff, but really, when you look at his films. Most of the, the great material in them is those quiet scenes of characters talking about the really upsetting things. Like in Dawn of the Dead, there's so many scenes like that in which they're just standing in the mall and they're just talking about how life used to be here. Now it's not and it won't be oh, again. Yeah. And those there's are the a long scenes. part in
1: Dawn of the Dead where they just play video games together in a, an arcade. Like they're, they're stuck in the mall and they're like, oh, let's just have some fun. And they just kind of play video games for a little while and play like pinball and shit. And that's, yeah, um, I mean,
2: like Day of the Dead is mostly conversations. It's just like a little potboiler yes. in that, in that base. It's like this, just a tension builder, all which is also a Night of the Living Dead. They're just in the house, you know.
1: Yes, just they're just, in, they're just all in a house together. It's a little party.
2: And
0: I just, yeah. I felt um, so bad for him because we do get later on, he never got a letter from her. And uh, he, he, yeah, he is he forgotten. Right. And he is forgotten. Like, the only p- thing he's remembered for is this kooky little character that's not real. Like, like it is real, I, but I not think real. I think a thing
1: that was uh, interesting, because um, I actually thought, like, when he first goes to the cousins and everything, and and uh, um, I really thought that uh, he was... Go- I thought that, like, maybe, like, the granddaughter was going to get killed, or that mm. uh, the the lady he was hooking up with was going to get killed, or really, like, anybody anybody like close in his orbit, I thought maybe he was going to kill. And I thought it was interesting that not only that did that not happen, uh, it didn't even seem like he was even considering it. Like I didn't get yeah. the vibe that he was even thinking about, even like the domineering, uh, uh, the older guy. <laughs> like, but, I thought, I thought yeah. maybe he was thinking of killing him, but he doesn't really, I don't, Get the vibe that he ever wants to. It's like always his victims are always just people he doesn't know. Yeah, once he once um, he
0: once there's a face to them, he can't do it. Hence, when he stalked yeah, that old lady down that yells at him all the time, he realized he just couldn't do it because she's yeah. a person. It's easy to kill these yeah. women when they are these ideas in your mind. Hence every time he's about to commit a, a murder, we cut to those black and white uh you know flashes of what he perceives this to be, only for then the film to show us the ugly reality. I love the first one in the like the opening where he romanticizes like her welcoming him with an embrace, cut to the reality oh, and she's yeah, just yeah. leaving the toilets. You hear the toilet flush mm-hmm. and she's also, got like her face again, thing on and she's like blowing her nose. It's like really this, un The scene is really scary.
1: But I, and again, it's, it's, it's upsetting, but there was one moment that did make me laugh and it's when he's attacking her and she's just, she just starts being like, you piece, you stupid fucking piece of shit. is this at
2: the beginning? Yeah. Because there was one part of this, Sean, I'm glad you said this piece of shit. Like Sean, (laughs) I'm glad you said this because there's one like that, that was, there's. A part of that where she also like kind of groans in kind of a like this this <laughs> shit like like it is it's like rapist like asshole I have to put up and then goes all the fucking time like she, yeah Ugh. like God damn it she knows what 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 are these he is? here we fucking go.
0: She knows what he is. I'm he's trying to sleep.
2: sleep on the train.
0: Yeah, she knows what he is and he, fucking and he vampire pretends not to be that. That's one of my favorite things about it is. She knows ex- she calls him out exactly what he is and then he goes, yes. no, 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 I'm not like that at all. You need to sleep. No, it's fine. I just want you to go to sleep. What I'm doing is noble. I just want you to sleep. I just want you to sleep. And also shut he's the fuck up. I go to sleep. Yeah, he's a loser. He said, yeah, he's a, such a wimp. For a yeah.
2: serial murderer, he is a real wimpy one. Let's all like, roast he's not, Martin now. what's us yeah, roast let's, this let's, dork. Check out this, this wimp. This, this, no, I this this just want you cute, to go to this sleep. This cute little boy like that's please, going and around just and killing. Just go to
0: sleep so I can drink but your blood. But the film roasts him. I just want you to go to bed. The film roasts him. He's not a Dexter serial killer where he's supremely skilled. He does the kills. He successfully does them, but he's not. He's not good at it, and he's a loser. When he first kills he, that he's woman- He's good at on covering the, it up. He never-, oh, he because never To ever, be fair,
1: yeah, he's good enough. that He doesn't even come- He barely even comes close to getting
2: caught. Oh, gone. yes. There's I never think, any again, tension of, um, will the police catch him, except no. for that last and sequence, also, where he um, explicitly the, almost-
1: yeah, explicitly, but even then I, I thought that was this is a very Romero thing. Oh yeah. When, uh, oh yeah, I know. He's getting sex. chased yeah. by he's getting chased by the, the police are coming, but and then um there are those black guys who just like kinda like start they they're there and the police just start shooting at them. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's such a Romero that's thing. It's a very like,
2: Yeah, because it's like like Night That's how Night Living of the Living Dead ends. Yeah. It, yeah. it has
1: a yeah, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead has a whole part at the beginning where um they're just like um there are these um this like uh group like this like black family mm-hmm. like uh the, like some of them turn into zombies and the police just are just like let's like murder with
2: impunity mm-hmm. like they're just so excited to murder them yeah there's no like, simples, it. it's, it's like, such it's such like it when for the cops in this it's like yeah, when homer it's... just immediately shoots flanders uh <laughs> yeah. in in that tree horse <laughs> uh tree house of horror <laughs> This. Like It's just like, it's yeah. like, oh, you it like oh, you killed zombie Flanders. He was Z- a zombie? He's There's a zombie? the attention to yeah. detail
0: of after Martin commits his first kill, he's trying to leave the, the, the train, and people are knocking on that woman's door, and he's worried about it, but then it becomes clear that they're, they're for somebody else. But he can't. He has to He has to push his way past them and they don't give a shit yeah. that he exists. And then when another yeah. guy comes over, they give a shit and move for him because he exists in their world. And that's what makes his dynamic as a killer, you know, classic of like, he's a wimpy loser. No one notices. Hence, you'll forget yeah. about me when you leave because I'm a, a non-person. The only one who is aware of him is Kuda. Kuda's like, I know exactly what you are. You're these weird set of circumstances I've made for myself. And if you cross any line, I will kill you instantly without saving your soul. And that's what makes it tragic because... This is partially my fault. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm the reason. This is part of the reason this is happening is because I put all this shit in your head, and now you're kind of just you're,
2: you're, you, are you, you believe. You're me. all fucked up uh, because so. I fucked you up. And yeah. guess what I'm gonna yeah, yeah. do to you?
0: <laughs> and and it makes it all yeah. the sadder because <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kuda Kuda fucking, yeah. Kuda takes Martin out for something he <laughs> actually didn't do, but it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. because it's it's yeah. already decided. I know you. You did this. Yeah. Goodbye. Bam. You're out of the movie. That's it. Done. His
1: brain is is just poisoned by. uh Years and years of superstition, mm. uh and just like, yeah, and he just it, in the most brutal way possible. Well, obviously in the in the Dracula way, he he kills him. Um, yeah, but like and, yeah, and like and, and it's such a blunt, but it's so it's done so bluntly. Like there's no uh romance to it at all. It's just like he just fucking just stakes him right in yeah. heart. It's just like blah.
3: that that <laughs> it's sequence. Like, it, it's really it,
2: nasty. It, it is very nasty that kill. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's a bit of a tangent, but when that happened, like so suddenly, it almost reminded me of like old adventure games where, like, when you get a dead ending, it's like, oh shit, it's really quick. Now I have to load my save file and make a different decision. It was like a bad ending. Yeah, but this, but then you're just hit with this reality of like, oh no, this you can't go back from this. This is the end. You made a very simple, innocuous mistake of getting together with this woman who killed suicide. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and forgot to pick up a boot in the desert.
0: Yeah, I I thought you were going to say too. It, it 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 is a juxtaposition to how he kills people. There's like the long, elaborate deaths to these innocent people, and then at the end, it's a quick succession of just sudden death. Like this woman died, and then this happens, and then he, then he gets killed by his own family, just just like that. And. With uh, the deaths of people in the real world or people you know, it can be very much that like whiplash effect. And while Martin doesn't view any of the kills like that throughout the movie, he's just like, no, they. I helped out. I needed to do this. It was for me. It was. It was romantic and sexual and beautiful. And then we get into the back half and it's like the film is demystifying all of it, including for his own death, where he doesn't even get a chance to defend himself, just like the women didn't get a chance to defend themselves against him. No. And so he's he's dead. He's gone. Kuda regrets nothing. When Kuda, when you saw, yeah. no, he's,
1: he's, yeah, he's, he's putting the rice on it or the seeds it, like and stuff, the, whatever. Yeah, the seeds. Yeah. He he doesn't give a fu- He's just like. Because he's just like I beat the I killed the monster. Yeah. and I'm gonna get as, a, rid of him. A, like, a good person. A, like, as
3: soon as you see the shot of like him holding the stake and has a you know little hammer in his hand, um, you know you already know this character. You know he's stubborn at the beginning of scenes. He's in his full confidence mode of like I'm doing the right thing. You know that this is the end, and then it just happens. And yeah,
0: it happens. And weirdly enough, it's through no fault of of Martin. Yeah, that the, this event happened yeah. to tragic
3: him. irony. Yeah,
1: I would say. Um, Really, I would say probably the most upsetting and sad part of the movie for me was uh, the, uh, the the lady he was hooking. Oh, with, uh, that was very committing sad. suicide. That was very sad, and it was just so like because he didn't obviously didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but it was just like it was just rough. It was sad, uh, and like his sadness too. I think was very like you could kind of feel that. I'm not saying it necessarily made him. I mean, he is. In a way, you can you can empathize with him, even though he does a lot of terrible things. Um, but like, it is very just like a yeah. That was like a very uh, that genuinely very sad. I, I would say that was probably the saddest moment in the
3: movie for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like the whole plot between the two of them it was part one of my favorite yeah. parts of the film. Yeah, just
1: I always think it's interesting when um, like a. <laughs> I think it's interesting when a killer in a movie has like a normal romance almost mm-hmm. like um if you've seen the the Michael Mann movie Manhunter I was going to um, say in the, Heat
2: there's one too. Uh
1: well he yeah yeah I mean Michael Mann I guess just does that a lot uh, but the the killer in Manhunter is like a very pretty disturbed dude but he does have a, a lady that he gets together with, and it's well, like it's the, the it's plot it in goes. the book,
2: too. Yeah, yeah, and, well, uh, yeah, exactly.
1: And it's just like, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, seems like he could have been, he maybe could have been happy, uh, if it, like you kind of get that because I think it's just a usual thing for a lot of like serial killers for them to be just like total loners who just ever like completely disconnected and you know, like freaks. Um, so it's interesting to have them, he has like a pretty a somewhat genuine kind of warmth with a He has, emo- with he has emotions. With her. He
0: does have emotions. Yeah. As much as he tries not yeah. to at times, he does. And he forms connections. As much as he doesn't want to, thus when Christine leaves, thus when this woman kills herself, he just goes into this cynical mode of like, it was all for nothing. I shouldn't have done any yeah. of it. It's, it's just point. like, well, of course this happened. Yeah.
1: like That's his feeling of like, I didn't even have anything to do with it. Like He says that. like It's like, it's like well, this like, is yeah. why
2: I, I don't, there i don't ever do this this is why i don't do the sex like doesn't yeah. he call it like the sex thing or yeah
0: something? the sexy thing he he's yeah. a child yeah. the sexy He's thing. a child yeah
3: that's that's the big yeah. point of their whole dynamic where she's the you know normal for her age like has had relationships knows how it works and all that he hasn't and that's kind of the dynamic they're going with where like in their first scene i really like the Point where she said, like, you're like a cat, you know, you just like listen to me. And from that point on, like, I had that in my head. And yeah, that was kind of what was going yeah. on. His weird reaction that was a good
1: description of his,
3: yeah, his weird yeah. reaction to like getting pet on the head and then he runs away. Um and even he like she, there was that one scene is the scene just before it cut to them like in bed where she's talking about like oh we're gonna go and do this thing now and then he just bluntly says like I, I know I know that you just want like leading into sex and I'm I'm ready for you want me here yeah, for sex I'm right? ready and well, I'm ready to do that now let's do and it cut to
0: and <laughs> yeah. having it done and yeah. like yeah. I like that scene when they were. You know, like, their bluntness f- is
2: is generally pretty good. Yeah, yeah people I like, like honesty. I thought
0: the the conversation. <laughs> you know what,
1: Martin's great. I think he's a really good person. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I want to just put everything aside, <laughs> 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 folks. I think he's great. I, yeah, I I, I, just I think he's neat. Him. Would you? Well, would, that's a, that's I that's just that's think thing. you gotta take give a. Him a lap it, to me, it's
0: like a if. <laughs> If he was running in an election, I'd vote That's for him. That's a tug of war. He has my that vote. the tug of war, though. We're making jokes. But like, he's a horrendous person, but I also liked him. I, I wanted good for Listen, him. Listen, you don't have to agree with everything. Some <laughs> things you gotta,
1: you know, say. I don't agree with that. But I do agree with
0: a couple I of like things. I like that scene when they were in the field. Like, in the field, <laughs> in the field, uh... And he's, like, resting on her, and she's talking about yeah, her below. problems and her life. And he's actually opening up he's not just resp- like just in there blank face he's like making jokes and he's and he's he- he's entering that that boyfriend phase like he- he's actually being a bit more of a committed mm. partner rather than just like this automaton who's like yeah sex right this is how it works and you're just here for this or when she says like if you don't like it you can leave and he just leaves the car uh and she's like no i was talking about oh that yeah that was me. funny and she's like it no no, no i was not talking about
1: you that was funny. Like he just opens the door and it's just like, <laughs> like okay, bye.
0: I, I like how George <laughs> Romero handles characters in his films. There's just there's this um there's this warmth he has to them. Like I love um women in his movies are, are very good characters. They they have lots like they 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 can really anchor a lot of the like the genre hijinks like Christine you know we've talked about her a bit I, I think it'll be good to talk about her a bit more like she was probably my favorite character in the movie like I love Uda because he's like this absurd over-the-top thing but you need Christine there to bring it back down like she's just a a woman of the times like she's just trying to do the right thing by her family, but also she hates it. She thinks it's stupid. Yeah, she, she argues is... against it, but it's uh, it's it, you're, you're fighting against the ocean, really. Like you can't this, this win a, it.
3: This is this is a probably weird thing to compare it to, but it's like the daughter in Coneheads. How you know she she grew up in the Earth society, so oh, she's yeah. like halfway between you know the weird aliens like the daughter and also in real life. <laughs>
1: I haven't I used to watch Coneheads a lot as a dude, kid. Dude,
0: I don't know. That's, my, why. that's one of my favorite Michael McKean performances. He's great in that movie as lead that, You Better call Saul. No, yeah. no, no. It's I mean his uh, best role, his best role is X-Files, Coneheads. but let's get real. Um Chris Farley's in that movie? Oh, yeah. Everyone's in that movie. Fucking Coneheads movie? Fucking guys, Jan Hooks is in that movie. Guys, this is the
3: part where we talk about women. Put the men aside.
0: <laughs> yeah, put the men aside. Let's talk about Jen We're Hooks about and Coneheads.
3: Let's talk about the women of Coneheads.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously. Jane <laughs> really, like, Curtin. all the... Yeah, um, yeah. Jane Curtin's great. The got daughter, her, her role in Third in Rock from the Sun, which gave yeah. us, you know, so many great things. But Bartek... Um what did you think uh, about Christine what were some of those moments or scenes or or, or observations she she had to give that that uh, connected with you
3: We've already talked about uh the first establishment of her it's like I've told my granddaughter not to talk to you she will anyway um and th- that gave you an idea already that like okay so this character is not going to be quite as on board with the whole uh, supernatural family traditions. And yeah, she has. Her, her first scene is just. Even though our main character is not talking at all, is being completely awkward and would like put anyone off, she completely kind of gets where he's coming from. And she's like constantly building up conversation to the point that when he finally does talk, it like doesn't even shock her. It's like, yeah, you know, you've, I've finally, you know, formed a bit of a connection with you. You know, oh, I would like a phone. So she organizes to get a phone for him. Um, and she has. All sorts of like audience surrogate surrogate rants about like this is all crazy this is all bullshit we have to get away from this or something like that and yeah it's it's a uh, it really draws you to her because she's kind of speaking for you
0: you know what it is about the nineteen seventies filmmaking with uh you know your kind of domestic dramas or your films following a loner but there's just they they capture that quaint mundane aspect of life where it's exhilarating on a dramatic level that she's this nice person but when martin is on his own and he hears her in another room having these innocuous but heated arguments with her boyfriend I find that very illuminating about her character like there's just something about those moments where she is in other scenes almost like this voice of morals and reason and this uh shoulder for for Martin to lean on but then she has her own life outside of those scenes and we just hear them in other rooms and and it's just it's just life it's it's just it's nothing spectacular it's nothing out of the ordinary but to see or just hear that side of her I find to be something that just gravitates me towards her even more. And I just I love how this era of filmmaking just could capture that because I imagine this movie nowadays would be like a mumblecore type movie, but there's just something about how it's oh, yeah. handled. i love to see a,
1: a mumblecore.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. What's that um, Tilda Swinton vampire movie with Tom Hiddleston? I am working on a, yeah that's this oh wait
1: what was that called yeah
0: yeah you know it, i am working on a mumble core the jim jarmusch martin vampire by. movie like it would be that martin basically core. martin core martin core right? <laughs> but yeah. you know what i'm saying basically. like no yeah
3: I, I i had a similar thing well it's pretty blatant in this the, the, the scene right after martin has sex with his girlfriend and she's you know really sad and she's trying to tell him like no no it wasn't you it's something with me it's like we don't really we never really get a clear-cut idea uh, well of what exactly she's going through but you can tell it's something you know really deep and personal
0: in a weird way to go back to a movie we've covered on spooky month this was obviously later on but it reminds me of the scenes in between the heightened uh, shenanigans of reanimator like reanimator would have all of the body stuff and all the crazy jeffrey combs stuff but in between you would have barbara crampton just playing this as if it was like a, a domestic drama <laughs> and I, I just love how how it works with with her and uh, i should get it right her, her character's name is christina the actress is christine i don't care they're both it's basically her just call her chris Just call her chrissy um uh but yeah um sean for you what did you think of like this character overall because in a way, she's she's the voice of reason, she's the audience surrogate, and also perhaps even the heart of the movie. And and she just up and leaves at a certain point. She just says, this plot is too much for me, I'm going now. it's too weird. You
2: guys are too weird.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I was... Yeah, I liked her a lot.
1: Yeah, she was probably also probably my favorite. I, I, I really liked that she had very much like a, a bluntness. Like she was... I, I feel like she was kind of there in a lot of ways to kind of like... She did a really good job of kind of like contextualizing things and just being like yeah this uh, this uh this uh Kuda guy uh he's he's all this is all bullshit and he's he's really like damaging martin and kind of making everyone everyone in the family's lives uh worse by this this uh this this shit um but i also like i i don't know it kind of reminds me of like i think i like about romero movies is that there's very much like a A very honest, uh, kind of bluntness in like the way people talk, like the dialogue. Like he's not afraid to have just a character just go, "This is a load of bullshit." Like this, this, (laughs) this, this sucks. This is horseshit. Um, Even stuff with like yeah, like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even stuff like her, um, like you said, like her having the argument with her boyfriend over the phone, which just felt like a very, uh, felt like a very real uh, couple argument uh, that they were having. Like it felt very sincere uh that the, the kind of argument they were having um i really liked that and again i was worried that she was going to get killed it really felt like like oh that would sadly like kind of make sense and be kind of what you would expect from a movie like this so i liked that that was not what happened i i really liked that it was like yeah she she just kind of is like she just leaves leaves uh and leaves martin uh and that affects him uh and uh yeah i just and her just like I don't know her, her. Caring about Martin, like her, very genuine. It really seemed like she very genuinely felt for him as like a family member. I thought that was it was sweet. And then she forgot him, and left. Yeah, she forgot him forever.
3: Maybe the like letter was still, was still right. in transit.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. You I think even, with you, the other you movie weren't even yet. born yet, Ryan. You don't. Know. She <laughs> went to a different movie. She yeah. She went to a different movie. Changed the channel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she was interesting. I, I, I thought she was a gen, like her acting was also just so uncanny and how realistic it was when she was reacting to his little magic trick at the table. Oh, that made me really uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: But it was like, yeah,
0: yeah. But like the way she would like laugh and she just did certain acting choices that I feel like you don't see as often anymore. Like there's just certain little ticks or certain little things that you get out of these uh, you know, these grittier, lower budget films. Like she would just do a little giggle or a little snort or something before she would say a line, and it just it just made me feel as if I was sitting in the room with these people as they're just doing this little rinky-dink magic trick to prove to this old man that magic isn't real. It's all illusions, it's all fake. And he still doesn't get it. He's still like, ah fuck that. Fuck nah, that shit. I, I, th-
3: I think in that scene they should have had like a uh an exhausted teenage girl who's just like, "Oh, you're a creep. I think that would have been more emotionally effective.
0: And I mean we we kind of discussed it, but I think the big set piece of the movie, like the, the, the big elaborate bit is the home invasion when he stalks that woman and he thinks that she's like this perfect ideal life. And she is actually having an affair on her, like with this guy. And yeah, again, I really thought it such was such a
2: wiener. It's so fu- it
0: is that just guy really is funny a wiener. when That's he goes in there and
1: he's part. like, who are you? You're not supposed to be here. I think oh, the, uh, the guy yeah,
2: right. also apologizes because he thinks that yes. Martin's the husband. At yeah. first. Mm. that was a really good detail. That, I yeah.
1: really liked that when he was just like, hey, man we don't have to, you know, this doesn't have to be a thing. And then
0: she's like, no, I don't know him. That's my <laughs> that's my favorite line in terms of, gives me the, like, makes my skin crawl because the way she says it, but just that idea, the idea of, you know, there's a stranger comes in and the uh, protective male figure next to you is like, oh, apologizing to them. And you have to say, I don't know him. I don't yeah. know him. Yeah,
3: and it's he, like, oh. He's in, oh, shit, the husband's here. I have to, you yeah. know, apologize. And no, all I don't know this Because you would
1: immediately with go with, yeah, because the 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 idea of it being just like a home invasion is like kind of kind of like that's not what your mind would immediately go to in a lot of those situations. It would be just like, oh, well, th- that makes sense. It would be the guy, the the husband or whatever. But it's just like, oh, and then it's it's, it's just like this slow realization that something really fucked up is happening. <laughs> like it's and, and it is just like total panic. It'd be like it's if
3: so. Yeah, if a big, a big, scary guy with a weapon walks into the room, I'm like, "Oh, Ryan, is this your dad?" And I go to shake his hands, like, "No, that's not your dad. That's my dad."
0: <laughs> but, but again, Martin is unassuming. He came to her door earlier and pretended to be like a deaf mute, and so she gave him pity and sorrow, a sorrow. And then here he is again inside the house, and she realizes, like, halfway through, it's like, "Oh, this is that loser I saw earlier. He's he's stalking me. He's actually like, this is a plan. Oh no!" And they everyone handles it poorly like it's not this elegant kill he he lets her live is the thing he's like ah, you know what well everything everything
3: went wrong because the aforementioned wiener was not meant to be there he
0: was jealous he was jealous that he said like when he was dragging the guy's body he's like you weren't supposed to be here how could you do this you ruined it (laughs) it's just a total mess nothing goes right he even tells everything
2: goes horribly wrong. you're gonna
0: live now
2: (laughs) that that house it has doors upon doors, stairs very, upon stairs. It has a game room.
1: <laughs> He's down <laughs> yeah, in the game it room. It Reminded me of um, it's like that scene in Goodfellas when like uh, the they're showing off their like extremely seventies rich person house. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just like all this like chintzy bullshit that just looks awful, and it's just like yeah, it's like that. Could you imagine? It
3: really them, reminded me of that. Could you imagine trying to do that whole set piece in like your house, Ryan? With no. there's only a few rooms, it's like oh. No. They did
0: have. They did have one of the things I I loathe in real life, which is they have uh, an option of two doors that open in on each other. Because he uh, stabs yeah. her in that like, what is that fucking a little little void of a room between? And they have these doors right next to each other, and they open up in a way where they smack into each other. They
3: both open into yeah. this little like. A half a meter by half a meter yeah, room. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it, it's just a nightmare. It just that house was the gorgeous. Smaller than small a shower. <laughs> gorgeous house. Loved every little bit of it. It was a great set piece. It was a great set piece. It's it's the uh, the big you know horror bit of the movie. And I know some people really don't care for Martin because they want it to be what is what it's what it says on the tin: George Romero's vampire movie. And instead, it uses vampirism to deal with other topics rather than, uh uh-oh, ghouls are running after us and killing us, and we need our Van Helsing figure. I'm a zombie guy, but I'm not a fucking
1: vampire guy. That's what he's saying. He's like, you know what? Fuck vampires. Vampires are fake.
2: Zombies are real. I like sci-fi. I (laughs) I don't like science fiction. I like fantasy Mm-hmm. I don't like science fiction. So that's, well,
0: that's there are those things, right? Where you have those filmmakers whose whose thing is like a certain uh, blah blah blah, and they're like, but I don't do this thing. That's like tangential. It's like, oh, I don't, I do zombies, but don't you fucking get me to do a werewolf movie? Fuck you! Like it, it is. uh it also, I guess, I haven't
1: seen enough werewolf movies. I gotta watch more
0: werewolves. Well, you gotta watch more werewolf movies. That's that's your that's your curse. The family curse is yeah, Sean's yeah. werewolf. Not, not enough a... mummy movies here. <laughs> more mummies. Well, there's the Tom Cruise mummy movie. You could watch that. Yeah, Directed by yeah, Alex yeah. Kurtzman. Yeah, the
1: beginning of the beginning of the Dark Universe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> of course I know that. Uh, and again, credit to George Romero. He's no, he was known for being like the the monster guy, like the ooh monster. And, but basically, everyone stole from him. Like the zombie stuff. A lot of it is a lot of the blueprints are from his stuff, and it just it, it it takes off. And later on in his career, he couldn't get movies made. He couldn't get movies made to save his life. He he had to get like the success of the Dawn of the Dead remake allowed him to be relevant again enough to get funds to make movies it wasn't land of the dead like the return of him yeah he was still making movies, but it was a struggle it was always a struggle to make movies and in the end he had to make zombie movies because that's all people wanted from him and it's just such a such a shame because martin is a great example of he was a he was a good filmmaker a good storyteller I think his strength is edit, edit, editing. He was very good at gra- gra- grabbing all of this footage he could get on his low budget and compiling it into something potent. And there's I there's some of pretty w-
2: crazy quick cuts at the start of the movie uh, that that I I found very striking. Like just in the the very opening in the train scene, some very very like just interesting editing that I I found quite striking. I mean, this is is. Uh, also, a movie that was cut to ninety mm-hmm. from what, like a two-hour cut? I think it's like three hours of the director's yeah, like cut. Yeah, there's a much cut. longer. Yeah, like the a director's much cut, cut is. Yeah. which I don't know is out there, or like there's an Bits Italian it. version that's Bits slightly different. of it are out there. So the Italian like version,
0: there is an Italian version in which the music is different. It's uh, reusing lots of score from um, um, Goblin. Uh, Mm -hmm. with their stuff from like uh, Suspiria and elsewhere. Uh, But I love the music in this too, by the way. Yeah, the the music music is is awesome. It is really good. It's really unsettling.
2: Uh,
1: Several scenes are was just like, it's just a very creepy vibe. But
0: it's also melancholic. It's real melancholy. Like when we end the movie, it's really, it just has this lilting effect to it. I just, I thought it was a, a real character in itself. But is there any other moments, elements, things of of the film people want to bring up or discuss? Bartek, anything else for you, first time through?
3: oh uh, give me some more time to think of it. Let's let's turn it to our guests.
0: B five boys, anything else of Martin that you want to mention?
2: You know, I, I it 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 was just a, it's such a. It's a, a movie that I had absolutely no idea what to expect. And then like, so, and, and it was so destabilizing, as I said earlier, uh, like this really brutal opening, though it did have that the thing where the, the woman goes, Ugh, <laughs> which made me laugh. But then like that, after that, I'm like, Oh, Oh, uh, is, is this what the movie is? And then it's like a half hour of, uh, like, House like just kind of here's an awkward teen, isn't he weird uh uh scenes? And what's really striking to me about the movie is that somehow all of that put together works. Like there's and uh I think you said earlier, Ryan, like there's all these different pitches of performance <laughs> uh uh in like from the, the actors in the movie, and somehow that also works. Like just it it throws so many different uh, types of speeds and uh, types of movie and uh, what it's doing at you, and in the end, you you watch it and you see that final scene and like the the credits as uh, all the various people call on the radio show, and it's like wow, somehow this all cohered in a really interesting and entertaining way. I'm I'm like uh, very impressed uh yeah my my last real thought is uh yeah i
1: really love that ending a lot i, I really like the radio call, like t- setting having the people calling in set to uh him Hakuta <laughs> burying martin is so uh just like it's such a sad brutal image again very really reminds me of night of the living dead a lot very similar kind of ending um but uh yeah, I thought it was very well done. And I think w- w- like the very last line of like all the people calling in is someone just saying like uh Oh yeah, I know I know the count. Yeah, he's a guy <laughs> I know. <laughs> like yeah. so it's already become like it's it's just like this thing of just like he's just kinda it's it's as if he never even existed in a way. And then at the like, end you have just, like,
0: someone doing like an affectation of his voice, being like, I'm the count now. It's like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, and they get accused yeah, of being just, Polish or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah i really like
3: yeah, yeah i guess i guess it, I, you know what it's a good move I, yeah I, I guess i'm the same way that that ending where you're contrasting a main character who we followed and have i was gonna say fully understood but fully understood in the context of what the movie shows us of him we understand who he is in that regard and now we are getting this like legend he's turned into this legend which obviously there's a lot of falsities there and that's what he will be remembered for or more likely remembered for for a little while before being forgotten.
0: He's the legend Or replaced with some other freak. He's the legend that uh, Kuda believes in. Everyone believes in even though he laid out for them on the radio that this is not how vampires work at the end everyone still thinks of him as like the vampire the count like Kuda did. Yeah, like
1: the superstition wins like the basically like the Kuda win like he he kills the vampire and then like the the Legend of the Vampire loves Yeah,
0: all. you know what? And so I, I don't think I don't think uh, George A. Romero had a very high view of the of the world around <laughs> us. I think I think he thought it was pretty pretty rough stuff. I don't. This know. This was his favorite movie, know. by the way. This was his yeah, favorite I've, of his films, oh, and that's interesting. I can see that. That's not surprising. It's not surprising. I can see it feels that. Feels like absolutely. it's a little
1: more of like a uh, there's it it feels a lot like of a more of like, like a personal movie.
0: And I think, in all honesty, I think on a technical level, although a cheap movie, obviously, because he always had low budgets, I think it's his technically, it's his most competent film as well. I think it all, it hears together very nicely. Uh, I think it it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I like Martin. I'm glad that we all got to visit it and talk about it today. It's something that many people don't even know exist. Uh, I think Romero, as important and as influential as he was as a filmmaker, I do think he still gets sorely overlooked in the importance uh, in this industry he had. Uh, He was a voice, he was a talent, and he's he's the ultimate idea of like, a uh, uh, you know, of a filmmaker, like he, he just, he was in severe debt when he made this movie. Like it was a real tough time to get movies made. And that's just how it is for a lot of people. And although he made films that their titles alone, as well he, as his name live on, it didn't guarantee him success to make movies easier. Isn't that strange? Like this movie was as difficult to make as movies he would go on to do over the next few decades afterwards usually you think it would be easy like it would be things would uh open up but it really didn't do that for him and it's kind of a sadness there but also i think it just lends credence to his bitterness in his movies just it just kind of gives it more like when you get to day of the dead and it's just Everyone gets fucking brutalized, and it's like, who gives a shit anymore? Like yeah, yeah. He, he's really upset about it. Can't all.
3: get a big budget like the crew behind Coneheads.
0: Yeah, or when he even did Land of the Dead, which he got stars for. It still was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it, you know? Just who cares? Just let the monsters have it. Ah, uh, yeah, I like Martin. I think people, if you haven't watched it after this discussion, you should still watch it. It's out there. It's available to look at. It, it's definitely got a lot of charm to it. And that is our discussion for that. We are moving on to uh, listening people's recommendation for Mm -hmm. Spooky Month and Bartek. How about you tell us uh, the listening person who's recommending it and what film they have uh, lobbed our way to end Spooky Month on?
3: Yep. So a friend of mine who I've recently reconnected with, Nelson, has recommended for us the 2022 Australian horror film uh, Talk To Me
0: which is a new film. Like, it was oh, in theatres relatively recent. i yeah. to see that.
3: Apparently, it's, it's considered 2022 because it was shown at, like, an Adelaide film festival. That's how it works. But oh. it's only... I didn't know that was Australian. Yeah, it's yeah. made
0: by a YouTube uh, channel called Rocka Rocka. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Rocka Rocka know. guys directed and wrote this. So they're known for their YouTube channel for um action uh stuff so they have a famous video in which it's like ronald mcdonald comes to a, uh, like to a mcdonald's and starts a brutal fight with children like he beats them to death okay and they're known for <laughs> like really competent filmmaking like they've been on youtube for basically the whole time like they've been there for a very long time and they do special effects and so they've made their first feature film and weirdly enough it's a horror film. People yeah. are expecting, like, an action movie because they are action guys. Obviously, some gore effects are in, in their work as well, but here they are with a horror movie.
3: Yeah. At, at first, when I mentioned, like, oh, yeah, Nelson's recommending this film, y- you and another friend of ours, Will, um, were confused because it's currently in theatres, i looked it was it was in
0: theaters until like this week
3: (laughs) yeah that that kind of threw me off like but it's from 2022 but it's like oh no only in adelaide for that film festival it seems so
0: yeah that's how they work because of award seasons these stuff like they show them and they want awards industry bullshit but that is what we'll be talking about (laughs) that's in the title too uh and i don't know anything about it other than the behind the scenes of who made it i'll be honest it's got one of those classic, like, scary movie posters of the modern age, where I look at it and go, "Ah, I don't want to watch that." <laughs> but then I like noticed. is it
2: like because you think it's, it's too scary? Or you no, I don't get scared
0: by movies. Honestly, it's just one of those like, <laughs> or, oh or yeah, it's, it's a Blumhouse affair. Like, it's one of the, oh, oh, it's I one see, of those like, it's look at the poster and it's a creepy hand with like writing all over it. Ooh, and I'm like, yeah, 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 we've got a glut of these, but. I'm interested because the people behind it, and I've heard good word of mouth, so we'll be talking about that next on the pod. If you can, make sure to watch it. Apparently, it is now on streaming platforms and digitally available, so... You have no excuse, no excuse now. Uh, Last Best Babylon Five podcast boys, thank you so much for coming on. We hope to get Steve on at some point. I thought we'd shuffle up the deck. We'll get Sean and Ben wow. on the podcast. Uh, Bartek wow. was like, uh, "Are we get is it Steve again?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." No, no, no. He's Steve, banned. It's Enough of that guy. He, I, yeah, I don't know guy. what Steve's taste in uh, horror is. I've got a better feel for you two because you talk about it more. I'm like Steve is like. I, a comedy That's, guy, you know. I feel, more than anything else. No, Coneheads. Know. You knows? love Coneheads. <laughs> you should watch Coneheads with Steve. Yeah. Just talk, yeah.
1: it it's Kramer yeah, just get in him, it. Get him, get him here to talk about Coneheads. It has it. Michael yeah, Richards And also, in it. he'll
2: defend Michael Richards.
1: <laughs> As we all you know? should. Yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. was, like, really emphatic about uh, defending Michael Richards. And uh, <laughs> I just thought it was a little weird hill to die on. But uh, he was like, I will die on this. He lost his job because he defended
0: Michael Richards. Coneheads Ironically, like, yeah. has David Spade's best performance in any film, so I will give it that. He is just so funny in that movie. Is like Michael McKean's mincing uh, assistant. It's just yeah, so. I mean, I which would wait. give him folks, great success. I'm gonna go back
2: and watch it,
1: folks. Check out Coneheads. Yeah, we're not promoting Coneheads.
2: our podcast. We're promoting yeah. Coneheads. Just check so out Coneheads. 1992. last best
3: Coneheads. Last
1: best yeah, codeheads in which you do yeah, codeheads. If you just, see, we all need a laugh. Coneheads no, cone minute. Cone
0: heads. but yes, we you <laughs> can yeah. find our podcast as well as Last Best B five on all of those podcasting sites. We include information in the description of our episodes, such as social media plugs. We are on Facebook and X, Vartek X. Which, as each day and each week passes, it becomes more and more irrelevant and annoying to use by the way so there's that we have our email address if you want to contact us directly and hell even recommend a film we have a list and we need some more recommendations we're getting we're getting, we're getting close to being in the single digits again so you should lob some our way you can email us over at Spit and polished at gmail dot com, and that is all of it. Sean, Ben, thank you so much for coming back on. I'm glad that this all worked out because last time we got we had you guys on for movies. We gave you like really over the top, genre absurd movies, and I was like, are they going to be happy with this really muted? I
2: loved, loved those, uh, loved that movie last time. I like yeah. this movie, Tears a of worked worked Tiger,
0: out. and Sean got a Tears, wacky yeah. Czechoslovakian movie, which you know, yeah. Kuda could have been in one of those. So he could have been Einstein in that movie. There's no evidence (laughs) to say he wasn't. Uh, Oh, funny thing. I I believed he was like a European guy. Kuda I was like, okay, where did where did Romero find this fucking old? Euro- He's just some New York guy. <laughs> He's just some New York. Uh, I, be- I believed same. him. So it was a Londo. He sounded like my pop. Like hence, I was like, are they Polish? I don't know. Like he, I thought his accent was pretty good, and also he just looked like an old European freak. So I believed it. You got me, Mister. Uh, so, thank you all m- so much for tuning in. Until next time, remember to be uh, spooky to one another in this time of need. For one final time. For one final time, year. or Bartek is going to mess with your phone. And phones in the 70s used to make real sci fi noises <laughs> when you press the button. Like, dip, 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 oh, that sounds, was weird. Sounds, Great sounds. <laughs> is that an American thing? Does that still happen? What, what was no, the deal there? Was no that just idea. George Romero being know. a little funny guy? <laughs> yeah, guys, no pick idea. up your landline phones crazy. right now. Okay, it was you, America, but it was
1: 1977,
0: okay, so basically sure? it was a different universe. Could you phone up your parents and say, hello, parents of mine, could you answer this question about phones? <laughs> we, were, we were all
2: doing quaaludes at the time. Yeah, yeah. This was the fashion. Quaaludes. We were doing lewds. ludes, yeah. Ludes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: they're at Studio 54. I don't know what they were
3: doing. Uh, yeah. Earlier in the episode when you guys were talking about the DJ, I wasn't saying anything because I was laughing to myself because I was... Picturing an alternate universe where they made like a Martin video game adaptation. <laughs> and oh, I, yeah, and yeah. I was imagining like
2: the DJs, like the tutorial guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Or, like, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. driving around and you're, um...
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought he would be, like, a Leisure Suit Larry-type character for you, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: You know, Count, when you, uh, hold down the R1 button while steering the car, you can do a handbrake It would turn.
0: be like the Warriors <laughs> video game where they bring back uh, a lot of the remaining well, that, cars that's to actually do what I, the stuff. That's
3: actually what I was thinking of, because, like, the, the DJ in the Warriors is, like, the Game Over voice, and, like, oh. every level she has, like, a unique line about, like, you know, the, the Moonbreaker's really... Got the warriors this time. And in this one, he would say, yep, you can count me out. And then just <laughs> it ends. Uh, yeah, you die. And he's like, oh, the count hung up. <laughs>